Create an Unstoppable Life, episode 152. Create an Unstoppable Life is all about mindset for the high achiever to help you build a life of fulfillment and freedom. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a mindset and marketing coach and a family medicine physician. It's an honor to spend time with you today. Welcome back. It is really a joy to share this conversation with Dr. Erica Aragona. She is an amazing soul, period. It's also her happy birthday on the day that it is airing. So happy, happy birthday. This conversation ranges from talking about beauty to empowerment, to developing confidence, to seeing ourselves as something greater, meaning something greater that we can impact the lives around us. It's a conversation with a lot of depth and a lot of beauty, and it helps me to realize how I view myself really does influence how I view others. And the more that I am willing to set down the judgments and set down the labels and define myself as just me in plain sight, being visible to the world, the more that I'm willing to do that, the more that I am able to experience life at a deeper level. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I enjoyed being part of it. Again, happy birthday, dear Erica. Thank you for being part of this episode. And thank you to everyone listening. All the information on where you can find Erica online, it will be listed in the show description. Sending you all so much love and I'll see you next time. Ciao. Today is a fantastic day because my friend Erica Aragona is with us and she is an incredible woman. She's a strong woman. She's a passionate woman. She's a humble woman. She's a family physician in Idaho. She does many things for many people, and it's truly an honor that you're here today. So that's how I'd introduce you. How would you introduce you? (laughs) I love that. I don't even want to change that. You know, I think if anything, just the honor of being here. Thank you, Dina. You know, so passionate about women's health and women's advocacy and just being on with you today has filled me with such joy. So I think the introduction was perfect. Thank you. <laughs> I There's so many things that I love about you. And one of them is, is your mission or calling to create more cheerful medicine and more happiness in medicine. Yeah. You know, I think it stems from the fact that I never felt like I fit in. I never did. I mean, in school, I was always the go-getter, the A student, the valedictorian, like that's what I had to do. I fit in with like the nerdy group, but I wasn't quite nerdy enough, if that makes sense. Like I was seen as an outsider because I was still really involved in sports and I hung out with all of the cheerleaders and I just had that type of label on me as well. And then I went to medical school and I thought, all right, I'm with my people. I'm with all of the people who are bookworms. And I realized like, wow, I still don't fit in. Like they're the super studious types, studious types. And then there's the ones that are just gifted. that I was super jealous about that never had a study and they'd ace everything. Then there were the partiers. And I was just like, where do I fit? It, it was like, I thought after high school and after college, I'd be somewhere where I thought I was supposed to be. And I just didn't feel like I fit that mold. So when I got out as an attending, it happened again, where it was like, I wasn't 
exactly where all the other peers that I had were. And I couldn't figure out why. And it wasn't until I branched out into social media and really finding my voice of female empowerment and talking about stuff that mattered to me, a woman physician, women's health issues, me as a pregnant mom, experiencing the gender biases and the discrimination and the things that happen to women that you only feel when it's you, that you don't learn from a textbook. That's when I found my voice and I said, that's it. I'm going to go on every platform I can. I'm going to start from scratch. It was super scary, but it was meaningful. And I found my joy and I found my purpose and I finally fit in. And it wasn't for different groups or who I had to become friends with. I fit in with myself. And I think that's a message I really like to convey is we all want to belong. But when you're trying to fit these molds and these societal expectations, it's so hard. And when you find your joy, you find your meaning, everything fits together. And it's been a really fun journey. Yeah, because we can never be enough if we're looking externally. We can never be smart enough. We can never be athletic enough. We can never be pretty enough, so to speak. What you're describing is like coming home to yourself. Yeah. And it's such a life journey. And I think you have to go through it to really embrace it and appreciate it too. I mean, if I'd always felt like I was the in crowd or I was the it girl or anything that I was thinking I needed at the time, I don't think I would have had as much appreciation for when I finally found it. That one thing that satisfied me and made me realize this is my purpose. This is what I was meant to do. And so looking back and recalling like the days of being the sorority girl stuck in the library, missing the homecoming parades because I was studying for the MCAT. Now I'm like, okay, that's fine. I needed that path. I needed that journey to get where I am now and to recognize every step along the way got me to where I needed to be. So speaking of it, we were talking before the recording went on about Jamie Lee Jamie Kern Lima, the founder of It Cosmetics, gave a powerful talk at Tony Robbins, Unleash the Power Within. And she talked about the formation of a cosmetic that fit every skin type, every skin tone, every body that could use this product. And how when she tried to sell it early on, she was told, it's never going to work. What we sell is unattainable beauty. And it's got me thinking a lot about the internal labels and I remember as a kid, like wearing makeup in high school, but never feeling like I fit in. I didn't feel like I belonged. I didn't feel like it, it didn't work on me. And I think I just dropped out from the idea of external beauty, being beautiful. And I closed that door and went my own way and said, not that. Just realizing that I didn't want to be sold and I didn't want to strive for something that it felt like I couldn't have. And so I started thinking about there must be a number of us that have decided that or labeled ourselves without even realizing that's what we're doing. And I'm curious about your take on it. Well, I think it's a really interesting point because we're all striving in that sense to achieve the unattainable, right? So you can't ever reach the penultimate ending. So if you're always chasing, you're always going to fail to some degree because you can't reach the end stop. And I hate that premise because if you apply it to anything in life, it's setting you up for failure before you've even started. You know, when I was in, in college, one of my pre-med advisors and my physics instructor told me I was too pretty to be a doctor. I should just be a nurse. 
And I wasn't even asking for the advice. I was asking on how I could increase my physics grade to a better level because I wanted to go into medical school. And that was his response. And I've been met with a lot of that along my journey, being told, you don't belong here. This isn't a place for a woman. This isn't a place for an attractive woman. This is somebody else's job and role. And I took it really hard. I mean, you don't want to be criticized ever, but to be criticized for your appearance without people recognizing your potential is very damaging, especially to a young woman who sees all those external forces. You have to be beautiful. You have to look a certain way, dress a certain way. You have to do these things. And then to be having it turned against me in a negative was really tough. So I remember my very first day as a third year med student, internal medicine, inner city, Detroit, huge hospital, like 17 floors. And I'm from Idaho. Okay. Mind you, I am from Idaho. <laughs> first day on the floor. I was so scared. They wouldn't take me seriously. I pulled all my hair back in a tight little bun. I put on glasses that I didn't even need. I had glasses for distance and I put them on and wore them every day for the month because I thought if they don't see me as looking geeky and focused, and I need these glasses to look like I'm educated, they're going to pick on me. So add all of that to the pressure of coming from like across the country, a small town, going to med school, succeeding in medical school, pulling all-nighters, being exhausted, losing touch with reality and current events because you're so submersed in medicine, and then feeling the additional pressure of, I have to look a certain way to now fit these expectations and hide who I really am. And I hate that I did that, but what I hate more is that it worked. I actually was taken more seriously. I was given better cases. I was treated with the dignity that I saw my male colleagues were treated with. And in previous rotations, when I had worn my hair down and more makeup, nothing extravagant, but looking like myself, I constantly received messages of, ditziness or being aloof, or she can't do that, give it to a different medical student. So I saw the significant change that I was given just by modifying my appearance. And I hated it, but I hated more knowing and seeing that it did achieve the results of being treated more fairly. And I embraced that and I carried it with me for a lot of my internship and residency because it was cutthroat and to get through, you needed to be treated as an equal. And once I became an attending on my own two feet, I was like, what have I done? You know, I received criticism from a patient because I was dressed scantily and wore too much perfume and too much makeup. And my attending actually called me into the room one day. This was my senior year in residency. And I'm like, oh my gosh, really? Like, I finally started dressing more like me and he read this review and instead of saying, wow, this is outlandish. This is inappropriate. Can we talk about your patient care, your patient satisfaction? Look at all the other reviews and the outcome of this patient. It was, well, we're going to take her review as truth and you need to modify your appearance. And I looked at my attending, my program director, and I said, I'm eight and a half months pregnant. I'm not wearing perfume because it makes me nauseated. I have eyeshadow on and I'm wearing a maternity dress that goes past my knees. 
with my white coat. How is that inappropriate? I was terrified. I was terrified that I stood up to a man, that I stood up to my superior, that I stood up to my boss who could have, you know, failed me from residency. And he looked at me and he said, I understand what you're saying, but we have to take every patient complaint seriously. So we need you to change the way that you look. There's so much going through my mind right now. Like my heart hurts because of all the labels that are so easy to default to and how human it is to not only point fingers, but to cast judgment where we think that it's almost deserved. And it's so not, yeah. oh, it just, it hurts my heart. I'm so sorry. Well, you know what though? It gave me the voice that I have today. And I have to look at it that way because now in my own clinic, I wear whatever I want. I wear graphic tees with messages of positivity that speak about women's health and women's empowerment and give me that fire and that fuel to go forward. And if I didn't have these experiences, which obviously I wish I never had, they weren't fun. They weren't pleasant. And it was very hard at the time, especially being that pregnant and feeling so unattractive and exhausted and just trying to get through residency. But you know what? Now I have so much more compassion and empathy, true empathy, not sympathy, empathy for other women because I've been there and I understand it and embracing women's health and providing obstetrical care and gynecological care in a tone of, I get it and understanding and love has made me such a better physician because now I relate to my patients. And when they come in and they say they have a complaint of shortness of breath, 20 minutes later, we're crying or pre COVID hugging because it really was, someone coming in with a whole different complaint who never felt listened to by her previous providers and finally was able to have a sense of compassion. And I'm going to open up to this doctor because she gets me. So would I change it? I mean, yeah, probably because (laughs) it wasn't a good experience, but at the same time, in hindsight, maybe I wouldn't because now I have that ability to reach people because I've experienced it myself. I didn't write that review. It would be such an honor to have you as a doctor it really brings up like how many times have I said things? How many times have I done things from this implicit bias? And also from the label of I'm not, I'm not beautiful. So I'm not going to try. And what energy did that put out into the world? And I wonder, again, I think that there must be many like me that have these labels when it comes to external appearance and the term beauty or beautiful that really touch in the feels in a negative way. Yeah. I know that from my perspective, I had to finally be comfortable with who I am and myself and anything, but that didn't feel right. And that's how I was able to go forward and feel successful. Um, I just joined Dr. World Productions, So I'm currently Dr. Idaho, which I never planned on doing beauty pageants, but what sold me was their motto is because smart is beautiful. And I love the fact that there is an organization taking charge of women who are educated and embracing their beauty and saying, you know what, you can do both because we're focusing on education, intelligence, hard work, and we're celebrating the way that you look on top of it without discriminating you based on all of the other stuff that you've gone through. We're just going to say, this is who you are and we celebrate you for it. 
And I've loved being part of that community because you immediately click with other women who have experienced the same things. And it's a bond that has strengthened me so much. And to see all of these women going out in the community, Dr. California, Dr. Haley actually goes to blood drives in ball gowns with her sash and her crown. And she's a pediatrician. She speaks at children's events and pediatric advocacy. And I love that fact that we have beautiful, strong, intelligent, capable women showing youth this is possible and not hiding behind glasses and their hair in a bun anymore. We're doing the opposite. We're shining and celebrating who we are and showing small children that they have the capacity and the capability and the ability to not be quieted or shut down. But no matter what they want to achieve, it's possible. And I love that reminder. You know, you talked about a lot of other women being in the same group as you and just wondering, can I not do that? Or do I not fit in? Or where do I fit? Where do I belong? And the female quotient by Shelley Zalis is something that I have loved following for what she does. She talks about female entrepreneurship, but in a way of women belonging and women shining. And she wrote an article where she talked about the power of the pack of women and how we elevate one and the rest of us shine. And that has become my motto. And I usually conclude most of my interviews with, because when one woman shines, all of us do. I always get asked, why do you spend all this time you know, interviewing women for your website? It's expensive. You're not getting a payback for it. Like, how do you find time? Why? How do you have energy? Well, it gives me the energy I need to go forward because I'm meeting these incredible life-changing women from all over the country. And they're sharing their stories with me to where at the end of the day, I feel like we're all best friends. And I genuinely have that power of the pack that Shelly talks about where we're not against each other. So many times we hear, you know, it's women attacking other women and having biases against women. It's not always men that you would think of. It's other women who are pushing women down because they see them as competition. If they see an attractive, confident woman, they're intimidated. But instead of voicing that or trying to get to know them, they take it out in a negative way or they sabotage their potential success. We need to shift that dynamic. We are more powerful together. And when you find that group of women who supports one another and elevates one another, you're in the most beautiful company possible. And that's what I loved about the ACE conference that you and Dawn put together. When you celebrate authenticity and courage and empowerment, and you bring over a hundred women together in one room, the bond was unlike anything I've ever seen in my entire life. Genuinely, I have raved about what you've done because so many women connected. We were crying. We were sharing personal stories. We were staying up as late as we possibly could because we didn't want to go to bed and lose any more of that connection because it was so true. And I think if we focus that on our daily lives where we make our, our mission to find those bonds that are real and genuine and get rid of the competition, just get rid of it and find a way to elevate and celebrate one another we're only going to take women's empowerment and female equity and equality up. Because that's really what it's about. Everyone gets a chance. And everyone gets to be on a playing field that helps them, that supports them. What I hear you describing is getting out of a one-dimensional life. I am this. To getting into a life where this is me. And there are many different facets of me. And this is one facet of me. And when you talk about authentic 
connection. What I think about is setting down the labels, both the ones that I have of myself and the ones that automatically come up in an environment that doesn't feel immediately comfortable and setting that down and just being open to this is me, all that is right, all that is in progress, (laughs) all that is underdeveloped. This is me. Yeah. And what a beautiful thing to celebrate, right? And what a beautiful thing to teach younger generations so that they will never lose that and they won't try to hide who they are. And they're going to celebrate everything they bring to the table without feeling like it's a hindrance and seeing it as something will actually take them farther. I had a med student with me recently. She wanted to go into vascular surgery. She said, I don't really stand a chance. It's a male dominated field. Like I just, I can't do it. And the universe had so miraculously lined because about two weeks prior, my organization had hired a female vascular surgeon and they had just sent me her headshot with a description of all the procedures she preferred. And I pulled it out of my office desk and I just sat it down and I let us sit in silence for a second. And the power of silence and letting this med student just look down and see her hero, her aspirations right in front of her completely changed my life. And I know it did for her as well. And she went out and applied for general surgery. I was so proud of that moment because I hadn't looked at the sheet and just thrown it away or thought, okay, or been intimidated by a vascular surgeon and then thought, oh, wow, like this woman is so impressive. You know, I didn't do that. I was so proud that I had the ability to share with a student who felt her dreams were crushed before she even attempted to reach them. Look what's possible. And I think we can find that every day. We just have to look for it. Yeah. It reminds me of Talia, uh, who was at the ACE conference, the vascular surgeon, and how much that she is working both clinically as well as the leadership perspective to create equitable environments and to encourage and empower those who are in training to see that this is something that they can do. That it's like, of course, of course you can go into this specialty. Of course you can excel. I want to ask, like, how do we start? And I realized in asking that question that the place to start is by developing more internal trust, internal awareness, and letting go of the judgments and the labels that I have of myself and being open to life. Well, you asked an (laughs) awesome question (laughs) and a really hard question because there hasn't been a lot done yet as far as women's equality and women's empowerment to reach the level where I'm hoping we would be. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of programs and projects and youth organizations that are embracing, you know, female development at a young age to where you gain that confidence, but we always could do more. I just interviewed Whitney Holtzman last week. She's an author who wrote a book called You Are the First You. And what I loved about her is she said she wrote the book to be a guide and a role model for young girls to know that they could do it too. She was interested in sports. She worked for MLB. She works for the NFL. She's actually sat at board meetings where she said she was the only female and told, look around the room to be a CEO, to be a top exec. That's not you. It's never going to happen. All of them were males. And she was on the other side as the one female. And she was like, I've had it. 
I've worked in a male dominated field for so long and you know what, I'm going to start my own company. So she actually started her own company and she's now the female CEO of an NFL agency and she's killing it. And she is embracing her femininity and she's not hiding it. And when I spoke with her last week, what I marveled at is she said, no one is teaching young girls that they can do this to the level that we need where they can excel just for their abilities and nothing else. No gender biases. So I wrote this book to teach them what I wasn't taught and what I wasn't shown when I was young. So that's what I would say is where we start. We develop a voice. Absolutely, it has to come from us first so it's genuine and we believe what we're teaching other people. But we can't just stop there and be a successful one-person show, right? We need to you know, use our education and our success to build future generations. So I think once you have that courage and that dominance and that space of satisfaction of where you are comfortable with you, then you need to use your words to shine by helping other people and picking up youth organizations and mentoring. You know, I was a part of Big Brothers, Big Sisters and loved helping with the young girl that I worked with develop a sense of confidence in her sports programs and just being there, just being someone who says, I believe in you. And expressing that to our youth so they grow up and have that confidence from the beginning. And being a medical school advocate, I love telling all of my female students, if they have a lack of confidence or in that example I gave, they absolutely have a dream, but they don't know that they can even pursue it. Telling them to stop. What are your barriers? Let's get past those because it is possible. And reminding them along their journey that they have what it takes and that no one can tell them otherwise. And I think we just need to find our voices and collectively shine as women so that the future generations have that from the beginning. Yeah. So what comes up as you're saying that is if I look at my life as I'm a guide, then I can start to see others and individualize the experience or just see what experience are they on? Where are they looking to go? And where are they at on that journey? And what part can I assist as a guide? It may be a kind word. It may be a vote of confidence. It may be a mentorship role or a, like a short-term kind of in life to navigate something that, boy, that, that certainly feels amazing just as an individual, as a woman, as a professional to be able to do that. It doesn't have to be difficult. It can be incredibly authentic and, and it's meaningful and it's powerful for the individual who receives it. Yeah. And I think so much of what you said resonates with me because there is power in what we do. And we have to see that. It's so hard to self-promote when you don't want to be egotistical. And to have that humility is beautiful, but to have the pride and sense of self and to sense that power and then harness it to help other people has been so rewarding for me. And I love being Dr. Idaho and being the face of a woman physician who is proud of the way she looks, is proud of the way she speaks, and is proud of the way she carries herself because we need more of it. You know, I have a young girl, I have a seven-year-old daughter, and I have a four-year-old son. And I want both of them to grow up seeing that they both are capable to do anything that they want because they had a strong mother who told them they could and they saw me working and they saw me educating and they saw me forming these bonds and 
to be a female physician is just an absolute honor. I love what I do. But you know, back in the 60s, we were still less than 10% of all physicians in this country. It wasn't until the 70s when we gained greater than 10%. Now, more than 50% of medical students in the US, allopathic and osteopathic, are female. It's changing. And we need to recognize that and celebrate it and honor it and find the ways that we can celebrate female empowerment because there's so many out there if we just talk about them and raise them to the next level. Seriously. And what I realized too, is that it only takes one comment. It only takes somebody fertilizing doubt or presenting uncertainty to really negatively shift the trajectory of someone's life. So having a community that is aware and that is fostering what's normal, which is falling down, getting back up, receiving, maybe receiving criticism and getting back up and continuing to go and continuing to grow. Normalizing that is what helps all of us. Yeah. And I think, again, we really need to focus on that there is camaraderie out there. It's so easy to feel isolated. And it's so easy to take one negative comment. One, if you got 500 positives, you know, to focus on the negativity and get down and quit doing what you love. But when you find that inner circle and you find that group of similar thinking people who will support you and give you that feedback and give you that power to go back out there, that's what matters. So I always tell students, find your tribe and find them right away. You know, right when I left residency, I moved back across the country to Idaho and I went from all these doctors that I knew and hospitalists that I could just text. And I felt like I had such a stronghold of friendship. And then I was by myself with one other doctor in this practice. That was it. And I was like, I have no friends. Like, this is so hard. And it took a while to build up because you're so enthralled in growing your practice. And that's the tunnel vision I had. And then finally, one day I went online and I found a Facebook group of physicians and it changed my life forever because I was like, wait, there's other doctors. There's other doctors online. There's other doctors who like social media. There's other doctors in business. Like, what is this world? And it just snowballed in the most positive of snowballs. And now I'm like really active on social media. I never thought I would be on TikTok. I joked around with my website designer. There's no way I will get on that platform. And it's my favorite one. And I'm reaching youth in a way that I think is so pivotal because I get to be this female doctor using my voice, explaining things in a fun way that people want to watch. And it took finding my people, my tribe, my fellow female physicians to boost me up and give me that confidence to do so. So I always want students to know that there's resources there to build their friendships and build their connections so they can go forth and be the absolute best individual they can be first and the absolute best physician they can be second. And how do you define tribe? Like what are the components that you say, this is my tribe? I think the ability to completely be yourself without fear of judgment is what I look for. More than anything else, I look for comfort in being authentic without anyone saying a word other than support. Perfect. Because there's too much negativity. 
I imagine that there's a lot of people that are like, nobody's had the experiences that I have. Correct. That's not what's required. And what I imagine other components are growth-minded, community-invested, like, and has some grit on doing hard things, has experiences of it's tough when you open up. It's tough to be vulnerable. It's tough to take risk when it looks like everyone else around you has it quote unquote easy. I like having a group of people who are like-minded who have maybe tried and maybe failed and will tell me the truth, right? You want someone to be honest with you and not just inflate you, but to come from a place of genuine care for your well-being and your success. So I look for people who tell it as it is, but also tell me I'm valued for exactly who I am. So if I have a business model and it's completely crazy, I would hope that they would tell me, you know what, maybe we should rework this. Maybe we should work it a lot. But I would also hope that it comes from a place of they're not tearing me down so they can take my idea and they're not negatively saying things because they're jealous or they feel threatened. They're telling me the truth because they genuinely have my best interest in mind. And when you find those people, you can't let go of them. So I remember a conversation one time that we were talking, I really love what you do and how you do it and how much you amplify, elevate the voices of women who are doing amazing things. And in our conversation, we were talking about how you wanted to be the one lifting others up. And I suggested that you be the one on stage speaking to others and using your voice that way and helping others to where you're at. It's coming. (laughs) I'm excited. There's been a lot of opportunity that I did not anticipate that have recently fell into my lap. And I'm extremely grateful for what has been presented to me. I never expected as a young child who wanted to be a doctor that I would transform to this level. But now that I'm here, I'm absolutely in love with it. It's been fun. It's been so life-changing, but rewarding in the sense that I finally belong. I'm where I'm supposed to be. And for the listeners, I just want to point out your humility because nothing fell in your lap. You have been building relationships, building people up, building yourself up, growing through discomfort so that any opportunity that comes your way is because you've earned it. Thank you. Okay, first... Any advice for me? (laughs) Coming from my business coach, you want me to give you (laughs) advice? Wow, how that has changed. I have been so blessed and marveled at what you're doing with your work. In fact, right behind my computer, I have it framed. The poster you sent to me, the world needs your voice. I'm looking at it right now. Every time I go on podcasts, every time I'm interviewing, even when I'm speaking on national network news, I'm looking at your words, Dina. I know you didn't know that, but I am. (laughs) So all I have to say is keep your voice strong because the world still needs it and we love it. And speaking the way that you do has been life-changing for me and so many other women. And I'm so honored and grateful to know you as a friend more than anything else. But the fact that you 
And I mean, gosh, I've told you this story, but for people listening, I was terrified to go on news, terrified. And I had a segment that was filming live and right before I had a coaching session with you, Dina, and the lights were on and I had a sound check and all these people coming into my office. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And you just calmly looked at me and said, just be you. And I was like, I can't just be me. Like they want like personality. They need facts. I have to be fast. I have to be on point. And you're like, just be, you've got this, but just be you. And we hung up and immediately lights on camera, sound check, go. Right. I mean, I'm like, I got pretty anxious about it. And I remembered what you had said. I was just me. It was the best filming that I've ever had because I was out of my head. I was just myself. The producers loved it. I got more gigs after. And it was just like a, wow, that's all I had to do. Like, why do we set this up for so much? We have to build up. We have to be what we think they want us to be. And when it comes down to it, when you're genuine, that's what viewers want. That's what everybody wants. So I appreciate the fact that you sat with me and held that space to just finally tell me what I needed to hear. Just be yourself. So thank you. I honestly, I'm just honored that you have worked with so many women and also changed their lives the way you did for me, because it makes a huge difference. Huge. Thank you. I think that's such a beautiful summary of our conversation, which is setting down who we're supposed to be and embracing who we are and no more hiding because there's no reason, like no matter what we've experienced, no matter what we look like, no matter what we sound like, there's nothing to hide from. And all we're doing is hiding our own beauty. I love it. I could not agree more. I love that. Final thoughts. Find your voice. I get asked a lot. How did you get here? I want to be here. And you just have to start. Had I not found my voice, I wouldn't have found my passion and I wouldn't be as happy as I am now because I'd be searching still. So find what makes you happy, what brings you joy and just go for it. Don't let anybody stop you because of fear. Just be yourself. So when those lights are on, you shine. Yeah. People ask often, how do I know what my passion is? It's that feeling. Yeah. And it's not believing the doubt. There is no right answer what you're passionate about, what lights you up, what ticks you off. That's it. Start there yeah, and and grow it to amazing things. Your platform is amazing. Your life is amazing. Your, your genuineness, your authenticity is amazing. I'm so honored to know you. I love you so much. And I'm so thankful for you. Right back at you right back at you. I told you when we first met in person, I was going to greet you with a huge bear hug. I might've let out a scream and scared some of the boxes out of your hands, but I meant it. You are the kind of people when I say, find your tribe that I've found. Thank you. Create clarity and simplicity with all of your marketing so that the people you serve know how you can help them. As a StoryBrand certified guide, I help physicians create this to launch or grow any type of business. Sign up for a consult call with me at georgemdcoaching.com.